Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Thank you for tuning in with me today. If you are new to the show, there is a new episode releasing every Monday and Thursday here on the Charisma Podcast Network.com. You can also go to Charisma Plus app, download it for free, and my podcast is on there as well. You can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to, and you can tap into Awaken Podcast there. I started a new series not that long ago called First Love Fire because of the necessity of the times. I truly believe that the Lord is awakening his bride so that we could walk in fullness. We need to grow into the full stature of Christ, like the Apostle Paul says in the scriptures. And the only way we can do that is if first place is first place, is if Jesus reigns as supreme in our hearts and so that we could daily behold him through or, you know, through um, abiding with him, being spending time in his presence, spending time in the word. This has been on my heart since the beginning of the year. And we, we read Revelation chapter two, where Jesus called the mature church back to first love. He was saying, you're doing all these things right. You've endured. You've called out false apostles. You've done this. You've done that. Things that a mature church would do. You know, things that take time for us to grow into, okay? Discernment and, and, and resilience and being able to go through persecutions and hardships. He said, you guys are doing all that stuff well, but at the same time, you need to return to your first love. So this is very, very crucial on the Lord's heart. And so this is part four that we're getting into today. If you wanted to listen to part one, part two, and part three, you can go back to previous episodes and, you know, maybe turn this one off, go back to the first three, just so you have a foundation here. My first episode, I dove into the fire of God, that our Lord is an all-consuming fire, and that fire isn't necessarily representing judgment, but it's representing his passion, his love, and we broke down tons of scriptures there. And then after that, part two and part three, I'm starting to deal with different issues or different things in our lives as believers that could hinder us from living in first love passion or first love fire. And so I'm going to continue that in in these next episodes here. This is going to be my longest series, honestly, and so there's probably going to be about nine or ten different episodes here on this series. And so what I want to do, I, I laid a foundation. Now I want to break down things that distract us or hinder us from first love and remaining in that place. And then we're going to end this with how we can return to first love as believers. Okay. It's one thing to be in that honeymoon phase, which is an absolute lie of the devil for people to say, Oh, it's just a honeymoon phase. You're going to be in love with Jesus for a few months and then you're going to fall out of love and you're going to just go through the motions and do religious things or, you know, maybe even fall away and get back in the sinful behaviors and actions like that is a hundred percent not necessary. And that is a lie of the enemy. We can glow from glory to glory. We can go from strength to strength, from faith to faith. And we can only do that by the power of his grace living on the inside of us, not by our own works, not by our own might, but by the spirit of the Lord says God. And so this is important. And today I want to talk about religion. Uh, so many of us settle for a form of godliness, yet we we lack the power that comes with it, okay? Or we choose theology over the Holy Spirit and relationship with God. We get obsessed with knowledge that puffs up and we ignore love that edifies, all right? And so on this episode today, I'm going to talk about, hey, it's easy to get saved and to be on fire for a short period of time, and then now we just slip into the motions and now we're just doing church and we're all about the 
you know, the, the traditional things that we do, the things that we do on the outside. Okay. And, you know, we're trying to, you know, we, we, we're listening to tons of messages and sermons and we're building our knowledge, but at the same time, we're, we're becoming dependent on teachers to feed us when the Bible says we have an anointing from the Holy Spirit and we have need for no one to teach us. And here at the, I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen to teachers. I'm teaching the word of God right now. So that'd be foolish for me to say, don't listen to teachers. God gave us teachers to build up the body of Christ. But if we're not coming to the Lord personally and we're not spending time in his word and asking him for wisdom and revelation and asking him for knowledge and gleaning wisdom from him and seeking his heart and seeking his face, if we're not in that place where we're receiving from him and we're just going to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and we're following all of our favorite preachers and teachers and we're watching all the YouTube videos and going to church and only hearing from our pastor, only hearing from today's leaders, then what are we doing? It's all about relationship. These teachers, these leaders should be pointing us to Christ. These, these, these teachers and leaders should not be pointing individuals and God's sheep to themselves so that people can be dependent upon them and their teachings and their books and their things. No, we should be pointing people to Christ and encouraging them and giving them tools and instructions from the word of God on how to grow in their relationship with Christ so they could hear from God themselves. And so, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'm passionate. We're talking today about settling for a form of godliness, but denying the power. And this is something that happens to many of us. We just wind up doing the religious stuff and we stray from that beautiful place of remaining in his love and abiding with him. So I'm going to read a scripture in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. This is 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, But realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. But people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such people as these. Among them are those who slip into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. This is pretty intense, okay? This is the Apostle Paul talking about in the last days, there will be difficult times and people, and he has this long list of how people will be. But in the above passage, among the grievous sins of perversity and arrogance and, 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 and disobedient people and people that are lovers of pleasure instead of lovers of God, people that are brutal, they hate good, they're treacherous, they're conceited, this, the lovers of money, all this stuff, you know, this long list of grievous sins and among this list are religious people. <laughs> Okay, this is this is crazy. You know, it talks about people who have a form of godliness. That means on the outside it looks good, but on the inside, no bueno. All right, and so that's that's what he's talking about here. This is like Jesus talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, saying your your cup, your chalice is real clean on the on the outside, but the inside is dirty. All right, and you don't want to put clean water into a dirty cup because it pollutes the water. And so Jesus was he would say all kinds of things about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, calling them out for their hypocrisy, okay? And so, but in this passage, it's saying these people are always learning, but they're never coming to a true knowledge of the truth, a heart-to-heart connection with the living God. And so, 
In God's eyes, religious bondage is one of the most dangerous kinds of bondage. Why? Because it makes us believe we're good and we're not. We're deceived. That is the, that is the, um, what word am I looking for? That is why deception is so horrible. Okay. Because we truly believe we're fine. We're, we're doing great. We're doing things God's way, but we're not. All right. And we have a form of godliness. People on the outside think we're doing great, but really we're not walking in tune with the Holy Spirit of God. And so this is honestly, this is this is a serious subject here, you know, but people, we love religion. We love religion because it's shallow and it doesn't truly deal with the issues of our hearts. We could have our pet sins and the secret, and but as long as we go to church and we take communion and we go to confession and we give to the poor, maybe every once in a while, you know, a homeless guy give a dollar on the, on the street corner, we act spiritual in public, you know, then we're good. But, you know, see, religion deals with performance modification, not heart transformation, like we've spoken about several times here on Awakened Podcast, which means religion is the complete opposite of what Jesus Christ came to bring to us as, as humanity. The, even says in Romans 5 that Jesus Christ is the end of religion. He came to end religiosity. He came to end works for righteousness. He came to end our own striving and the traditions of man that really had no power, no authority, no life, that only brought death because it promoted striving and it really didn't deal with the heart. It just, you know, we looked great on the outside so humans could applause us, you know, applaud us, but on the inside, our hearts were not right with God. Even in Malachi, it says, oh, you come with your tithes and you come and you say the right things, but your heart is far from me. God sees the heart. He's able to see past our behavior, past what we do, into a heart, okay? And that's why it's it's scary for some people because at the end of the day, you know, people love religion because they can just do a couple things, go to confession. They could go to church on Sunday, um, you know, maybe every once in a while. Maybe they just go on Christmas and Easter and they feel like they're fine, but that this is not what Christianity is about. Jesus Christ came to immerse our hearts in his glory so we could have relationship with him, so that we can know him and we could walk with him. And it's a vibrant living relationship where our heart becomes set upon another world, not upon this world and the things of this world. And so that's why religion's got, it, it, it has an appealing uh, draw. That's why there's so many religious people out there. There, There is something so appealing to just doing certain things, but then doing whatever we want in our hearts and, and not seeking the Lord with everything and not giving him everything. You know, we're not allowing the Lord to deal with our hearts because it's our hearts and we don't want to, we don't want to let him into certain areas, but we just do externally what, you know, is norm, you know, normative in the church. Just because it's normative in the church doesn't mean it's right. The church is being reformed and the church is awakening and we're coming to a place of maturity. But we, this is, so in the Gospels, let me just move on. In the Gospels, Jesus came down the hardest on the Pharisees and the Sadducees, more than prostitutes, tax collectors, or any kind of sinful individual. And he called them hypocrites, fools, serpents, blind guides, etc. If you, you look it up, go on Google, go to Bible Gateway or Bible Hub or any one of these websites, and what did Jesus call the Pharisees and Sadducees? Hypocrites, fools, serpents, blind guides, Etc. There's more and more. You can find several titles or names that Jesus called. He even called them sons of Satan at one point. <laughs> okay. These are strong 
words out of the Lord's mouth. But he's saying, you guys are blind guides. You're literally taking the blind. You're blind yourself and you're trying to lead the blind. But when if <laughs> since you're doing that, you're both falling into a ditch. And he said, offenses will come. Stumbling blocks will come. But woe to him through whom the stumbling blocks come. And so that he was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees He's like, okay, stumbling blocks are inevitable. They're going to come, but woe to you better to have a millstone tied around your neck and be tossed into the bottom of the sea than to lead astray one of these little ones. And that's what he's saying. You blind guides, you're taking my blind people that I'm trying to, I'm trying to open their eyes. I'm trying to awaken them to, to, to the, to the beauty of forgiveness and to the love of the father and to relationship and to intimacy. I'm trying to lead them to that, but you are leading them astray and you both will fall into that ditch and woe to those who will lead my children into that ditch. And then, you know, there's, Yo, religious people, like I said, are the ones that irked Jesus the most. And when we point to traditions, rules, regulations, self-effort, works for righteousness, we are pointing them away to the truth. We're pointing them away from the truth. Excuse me. And the Apostle Paul calls it a doctrine of demons. Look it up in Scripture. Read the book of Galatians. We need to point people towards Christ, his efforts, his perfect obedience, the beauty of who he is, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We need to point people to Christ and what he accomplished. And we need to show them that righteousness is a gift, that the Holy Spirit lives inside of them, and they are now temples of the Holy Spirit by no effort of their own. God is pleased with them because the pleasing one, the Son of God, in whom the Lord is well pleased, lives on the inside of them. We need to point them to the gospel and it will cause people to want to live holy. It will cause their hearts to burn for Jesus, to be ablaze for the Lord, to lay down their lives for his glory when they encounter the true gospel. And so, you know, even in, you know, in the Old Testament, it says that our works, our righteousness and our works are like filthy rags before God. That there's not one person who does good, not one, if you look and read in the book of Romans, that we all have fallen short of the glory of God and not one person has done good in our own power and abilities. And apart from him, we can do nothing. And so we need to stop focusing on ourselves and what we could accomplish. We can never climb our way into the Trinity. We can never climb our way into God. God needed to come down in human flesh and fulfill his side of the covenant and our side because we couldn't do it. And so that's why we could have confidence because God did it all. Hallelujah. And through faith, we are awakened to that and we get to enjoy this relationship with God. And so this is vital that we as believers, we don't stray into having a form of religion by doing you know, the seemingly right things on the outside, but lose touch with God who formed us, who knows us. The gospel is all about filling God's house with sons and daughters. For the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. And the joy was a house full of sons and daughters, a pure bride on his wedding day. The the supper of the lamb. This is the reason why. It's about relationship. He wants heart-to-heart connection. He wants friendship. You know, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because... Pretty much the master hides things from his servants, but I call you friends because I've disclosed everything to you that the father has said to me. So may we never shun the spirit of God and the fluidity of being led by him for the traditions of man that will never satisfy, that will never, that will never empower us, that will never produce godly fruit in our lives. And I'm telling you right now, one of the worst testimonies for Jesus is a religious individual. 
There's so many people who will never come to church, who will never seek out Jesus because of a hypocritical believer, because of an angry, judgmental, critical believer, because of someone who just, I'm telling you, we just focus on don't drink, don't do this, don't touch, don't taste, don't do this, don't eat, don't buy. Yo, that is confronted in the book of Colossians. Don't take it from me. You're saying you're a grace junkie. You're you're a grace junkie. So I'm not listening to you. Okay, don't listen to me. Go to the Bible. Read Colossians 2 and Colossians 3 and read Galatians. Okay, read Galatians and read Colossians 2 and 3 because it says, do not let somebody attach to you these man-made formulas of do not touch, do not taste. It has a appearance of godliness, but it lacks the power of God for change. The substance is Christ. That's, that's not Michael Lombardo. That is the Holy Scriptures. And so go to that. I challenge you to read Ephesians, Philippians, um, Colossians, Galatians, they're short reads and they will absolutely blow your mind. And so that being said, this is a trap. I think all of us have fallen into one way, you know, one point or another is just focusing on what we do and focusing on the traditions of man and doing this and doing that and letting our heart really, um, stray away from the passion that was once there. And so another thing, which I'm just going to dive into briefly here, is knowledge puffing up. 1 Corinthians 8.1, again, out of the NASB, which is one of my favorite translations. The New American Standard Bible is one of my favorite translations. It is a word-for-word translation. It is very accurate. It is my go-to Bible. I also love the Passion Translation, Dr. Brian Simmons and Candace Simmons. They're amazing, godly people. Um, This is more of a word-for-word translation, the NASB, and I love so many kinds of translation. I read out of the NLT, NIV, English Standard Bible, a Message Bible. I've read the you know um, the Amplified Bible. I I read all of them. Okay, just because I want a deeper knowledge of the word. Each translation brings out beautiful facets. But in First Corinthians eight one, it says knowledge puffs up, or knowledge makes one conceited, but love edifies. And trust me, I've been on the mission field. I've been in Bible school. I've seen knowledge puffing up. Okay, there was guys in Bible school who, especially when I was there, so this was in 2008, 2009, there was guys that um, all they wanted to do was debate doctrine. All they wanted to do was talk about Armenianism and Calvinism, and they wanted to talk about, is hell real? You know, uh, uh, are people going to hell? Do we have a choice? Does God choose people, predestined people for hell? And all this stuff, and they were just sitting around praying on weak believers trying to get them to talk about theology, but these believers, they wouldn't leave edified. They wouldn't leave challenged, strengthened. No, they would leave more confused than before. And it would put a damper on their relationship with God. And that is not good because the Spirit gives life. If the Holy Spirit is involved, when you speak, even if it's a challenging word, even if it's a corrective word, there is a life, there is Spirit of God on it. And so, listen, knowledge makes one conceited, but love edifies. And so, yeah, there's these guys. I remember one of them specifically, I'm not going to give his name, but I I wrote about this in my book, Immersed in His Glory, but there's a guy and he would come up to me and he would always try to debate doctrine with me. And I would just say to him, listen, and don't get me wrong. We need to show ourselves approved. Okay. We need to get into the word of God. We've been teaching the word, you know, on this podcast, every single episode, but there was an overemphasis on knowledge. They were operating out of their head and not out of their heart. And so I would just say, it's all about Jesus, brother. Just follow Jesus, get to know Jesus. And he would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, sound doctrine, yeah, 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 all this stuff. Yes, I understand. But dude, I just would try to hammer the point home. It's all about Jesus. Love Jesus, love your neighbor. And I would, it was, I would just simplify it for him. And he hated it. 
And one day he came up to me and he said, dude, there's something about you different from everybody else. There's a light in your eyes. There's life when you speak. I, I, I want what you have. And then I went to his house and he pulled out this big study Bible, massive Bible. And he said, I would read this book so that I could gain more knowledge, so I could have the right arguments, so I could debate people and tell them how I'm right and they're wrong. I never read this Bible since I first got saved. You know, I first got saved. I loved the Lord. I was undone. And then I got involved in a church that was very heady, that was all about doctrine. And I slipped into the religious traditions of man, which is what we're talking about today in this episode. And it was all about knowledge. And it was all about what I can do for Christ and all of this. And, and because of that, I strayed away from simplicity of devotion, like we spoke about in the last episode, simplistic devotion to Christ. I strayed away from that simplicity of devotion and I focused on this and I, I, I need to. And he repented before me. He said, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to change. I want to know the Lord. And I prayed for him. And I've seen, I've saw, I saw after that point, positive fruit and, and a, and a, pure heart and life coming from him and it changed his relationship with his wife and with his kids and it was amazing and when i went to mozambique africa there was several guys in my room i was a i was a house dad you know because i was serving i wasn't i went through the the harvest school the mission school they have there and then i came back as a staff member and so i had five guys or six guys in my room that i was supposed to be like a spiritual dad for pour into their lives make sure everything's good and you know do different things with them and one guy, he was very, very heady, and he was there, again, similar scenario, but he was there and he was debating with people, is hell real, is hell not real? He read those Rob Bell books and talk about is hell real, is everyone going to get saved one day, kind of universalism, and then he would also talk about cessationism, which we know is, you know, cessationists believe that the gifts of the Spirit passed away with the first apostles, the Word of God is the perfect thing that we needed, and so after that, there was no need for miracle signs, wonders, etc. And so, he began to share that with people at Iris and people at Iris, they don't want to hear that stuff because they're rolling on the ground laughing. They want to see blind eyes open, deaf ears open. I don't know how this guy anyways, but he was in my room and I had a heart for him because I'm not ignorant of the scriptures. I, I, I love studying the word of God and I am very aware of different doctrines that are out there. I know all about cessationism. I know about penal substitution and Christus Victor in terms of the substitutionary work of Christ. I'm, I'm aware of, you know, I could talk about Armenianism and Calvinism. I could talk about preterism. I could talk about, you know, partial preterism and all these different theologies because I, I learned it because my heart's on fire. So I'm not against gaining knowledge. I'm not against you know, learning more of the Lord, but we must not do it to figure God out. We must not do it to just get all of our theological ducks in a row. We must do this so that we could grow in our knowledge of him and our love for him. And so I, I, I was able to talk to him about these things and I got down to the bottom of it. The reason why he was so obsessed with doctrine and justifying certain things and, and, and coming up with conclusions about things that are almost mysterious. They don't have proper conclusions in the scriptures is because when he was young, growing up, he was in a charismatic church and they forced speaking in tongues on him and they prayed for him, laid hands on him, almost pushed him down and he was judged for not speaking in tongues or not receiving the gift of the baptism. He was judged for that and because of that, he cleaved to a doctrine. In his hurt, in his disillusionment, in his pain, he cleaved to a doctrine that says the gifts passed away so he could feel comfortable and good about not praying in the spirit or being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then he cleaved to other doctrines that made him feel better about hell and, and all this different stuff. And so he created doctrines that kind of covered up his pain and his 
um, areas that he didn't understand where he, he he couldn't have control over it because he couldn't understand it. So he would create, he would find doctrines to help justify that so he could understand and really know, but he wouldn't embrace the mystery and, the, and, and holding these different truths that seem to be opposite intention. And so this is very, very like, this is, you know, it, it affected his life in a, in a negative way. And so I just want to end the podcast like this. A way for us to lose, for uh, the way for us to lose first love, fire, and devotion to the Lord is to focus so much on traditions, focus so much on doing, and we don't come to the Lord in intimacy anymore, letting our hearts be bare before Him, so we could speak into our lives. But we we allow a shallow relationship to happen where we just go to church on Sunday or go to church on the holidays. We go through the religious stuff, but we don't have that heart-to-heart connection anymore. And that is very easy to slip into. That's why I want to have a show about that today. As well as focusing on building up your head and your doctrine. And um, you know, nothing wrong with growing in your knowledge of God, I believe, and diving into doctrine. But it must enhance our relationship with the Lord. It must add to our relationship with the Lord. We become even more fervent, even more dedicated, even more in love with Him because we're learning of Him. Okay? And so I just want to pray for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for applying your grace upon their heart. And I thank you for repentance. What repentance means is metanoia, the changing of the mind, going back to the higher thing, going back to the better thing, the greater reality. And I just thank you, Lord, that religious bondage would break off right now and that you would even illuminate areas of their life where religion has crept in, that you would even illuminate areas of their life where they have been more obsessed with the end times and, you know, you know, different doctrinal points and less obsessed with Jesus, less enamored by Jesus, that we, we get bored of the simple gospel, the beautiful gospel. We get, you know, people just, they, 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 they're just like, okay, I, you know, forgiveness of sins, healing, salvation. Like I get it. Now I got to move on to the weightier things. No, there are, there is no weightier thing than Christ and him crucified. There is no weightier thing than being free from the law and being alive and sin free because of the grace of God. There is no greater thing than a relationship with the father, son, and Holy spirit through the finished work of Christ. And there is so much we can search out so much we can know so many until the day we see him face to face and throughout eternity we will always be learning more there's no reason to just focus on building up your knowledge and ignoring um your heart and so in the mighty name of jesus i just declare freedom and life over their heart right now and i just thank you for first love fire to burn on the inside of them again in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in today to part four of this series, First Love Fire, here on Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, challenged, and awakened to the beautiful gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll speak to you guys next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope-Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know, uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, 
clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line, as well as high quality in all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today.